we're going to continue in Ruth. Uh, we'll be in Ruth chapter 3 today. So uh, you can turn to uh, Ruth chapter 3. And um, while you're turning there, I want to ask you a question because it's going to be... Did you forget something? Yeah, my keys are in my coat. Oh, okay. Not me, but I just got out of my coat. It's locked for a purpose. <laughs> Keep riffraff out. <laughs> so, I know, right? When riffraff has keys, what do we do, right? Change the locks. Um, but uh, so, as you're turning there to Ruth chapter 3, here's the, 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 the title of today's message and the, the focus of, of today's message. And it is purpose over preference. Just so in your mind, those you are visual, just think of the word purpose and then a line like, a, like a, an equation or what they call a fraction. So, purpose over preference. Uh, because what I want to do today is I just want to talk to you about what, what that means and uh, how that's important for us. So I'm going to ask you a question, but I don't want you to answer it yet. Uh, the question in which I'm going to ask you is, do you operate out of purpose or do you operate out of preference? Uh, don't answer that yet out loud. Uh, think about that, that, that question. Um, because what I want to do is I, I, I want us to understand um, how operating out of preference can lead us into some bad situations um, and can lead us astray sometimes um, versus operating out of purpose. So um, like I like to do, I like to define our terms. I'm not, you know, not diminishing anybody's intelligence in here. You guys know what purpose means. You know what preference means, but I'm simple and I need to be reminded. So Preference. Think about it like this. The, the definition of preference is a greater liking for one alternative over another. So, so it, 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 preference is liking something better than something else, right? You, you, you all understand that. You prefer something. Maybe, maybe you prefer um, chocolate ice cream over vanilla ice cream, or you prefer um, the browns over the Steelers, or you... <laughs> insanity. That's what I'm talking about. It goes in there anyways. Maybe you prefer Alabama over Clemson. Or, see, that's a little bit more dear, near to my heart, right? But no, it's, it's a preference. It's liking something more than something else. Now, when we look at that, we can understand that um, uh, in the, the, the sense preference can easily change. Preference can easily change by maybe just a situation. Maybe it's a, a, an encounter with a, a person. Um, maybe it's a, a bad experience, whatever it may be. Preferences can change very easily. So when we're looking at this, I wanted to, okay, so we paint this picture, this little picture here of what a preference is. And now let's look at what a purpose is. So dictionary definition says that a purpose is the reason for which something is done, created, or for which something exists. So the, the, the purpose is the reason for why something is done, or why it's created, or why it exists. So it, it, it's, it's a definite, right? So do you see it, with me, some of you, uh, you're, you're the scientific minds here are kind of starting to think, uh, when you look at a preference, a preference is very subjective, uh, it, it, it's subject to other things, whereas a purpose is very objective. Uh, so there, there's, a, there's a, a clear line, um, there, there's a, a clear definitive meaning in, in that. So when we look at this and we're, we're looking at purpose over preference, 
Um, what we, we're looking here that, that um, a purpose helps clarify the objective. Um, it, it, it guides us. We talked a little bit uh, in, in Sunday school about this, but it guides us um, in necessary action for something to be accomplished, for the goal to, to be uh, accomplished or a goal to be accomplished. But it also provides direction uh, amidst chaos. Um, the illustration that we talked about briefly this morning in uh, Sunday school was just the, the, the chaos that happened in Florida um, th- this week. Uh, I mean, I think everybody is not immune to or did not hear about uh, what, what took place when, when the, the shooter came in. And I think they, they ended up killing 17 um, people in, in that shooting. Um, so what we, what we know is that, that we live in a world that chaos happens. Some of you are like, I live in a house that chaos happens, right? Okay, I'm just making sure. I know I do. I mean, this morning was that. Gabe was off the hook this morning. And some of you guys experienced that even in class this morning. But anywho, um, sometimes what we need to understand is that amidst chaos, if we don't have a purpose, we can kind of just fall off track. And we can get, we can get uh, jaded or we can get um, lost or whatever other thing you want to think of. But what we understand about a purpose is it helps us clarify that objective. So, I say all that to, to uh, help us answer this question, do, do you operate out of purpose or do you operate out of, of preference? I think that, that most of us w- would want to say or would say, uh, well, I definitely I, I operate out of purpose. I'm not, I'm not a, a, one that operates out of, out of uh, preference. Um, and then I'll, I'll throw my brother uh, Ogre under the bus here um, where he walked in today and he came, then he came up to me and he's like, I had to move my seat because... Uh, it, being in the third row was too far back from you, and I, I needed to make sure that I was a little bit close. He was telling me he wanted to be in close proximity to me. But what he was doing is he was, he was displaying his preference to me, right? The, the, where, where you sit in here, how the chairs are, are uh, um, arranged or whatever. Um, I, I know this is hard, Bobby. Just sorry, I tried. Just settle down. Um, it, it's, all, it's all preference, and if we base our, everything we do off of that preference, what happens is if, if you come in here and somebody's sitting in Bobby's chair, he'd be like, oh, I, I'm done. I can't go to church today because somebody's <laughs> sitting in my chair. But that's, that's all preference because so preference can change. Maybe the style, style of music is, is a preference. So if you came in next week and, and, and the band was up here in, in suit and tie and dress and all the way, you know, length and, and they had a, a, a pipe organ up here and we were singing old-fashioned hymns, you're like, what? Well, first you'd be like, did you drug test him lately? Uh, but, but, but that would be, you would immediately say, that my preference is I, I like that how the style which we do. I don't like this. Well, when we operate out of, uh, out of preference, we can, um, we can lose the, the, the real focus of what it is we're supposed to do. And, and it's my, uh, my goal today is to, to help us with this. And when I, when I ask that question of do you operate out of that, I want to add a little bit more onto that question. So do you operate um, out of purpose or preference as a Christian in your walk with Christ? So in your life, do you live your life? Do you live your life today and all the time? Do you live your life for Christ out of purpose? Or are you living your life for Christ out of preference? Um, when, we, when we look at that, I mean, some, would be, some people would be offended. I can't believe you're, you're asking me that because, you know, it's my relationship with God and it's between me and God. I'm not, I'm not diminishing anybody's relationship with God. What I want to do is I want to help strengthen that. 
Because what happens is, if we're living our, 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 our daily walk with Christ out of preference, when something goes bad, um, we're all jacked up then. When, when, when things don't go the way in which we think they should, and we're living this out, this, this preferential lifestyle, uh, what we can um, automatically do is, is we can um, question God, does God really love me, or does God really have my best interest in, in mind, or a myriad of other questions. So what, what I want to do, and my whole purpose, yes, I'm using plain words here, my whole purpose for today is to encourage you to place purpose over preference in your walk with Christ. That's my whole purpose today. If you don't hear anything else or you think that I'm going down some other rabbit trail today, it's not true. What my purpose is to help you place purpose over preference in your walk with Christ. Because placing purpose over preference in your walk with Christ is going to strengthen your walk, is going to strengthen your faith, is going to uh, provide you the equipment and the tools in which you need to face the chaos that happens around us. So with that, turn to Ruth chapter 3. Let's read, um, we're going to just look at verses 1 through 13. Next week we'll pick up, and, and I apologize already because I told you this week we were going to talk about um, the, the role of the Redeemer. That's going to be next week now. Um, but uh, what we're going to do is I, I want you to kind of just, just look and, and remember the whole introduction about purpose over preference as we read through this. Ruth chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, should I not seek rest for you, that it may be well with you? Is not Boaz a relative with whose young women you were? See, he's winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Wash, therefore, and anoint yourself, and put on your cloak, and go down to the threshing floor. Do not make yourself known to the man until he is finished eating and drinking. But when he lies down, observe the place where he lies. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. And he will tell you what to do. And she replied, all that you say, I will do. So she went down to the threshing floor and did just as her mother-in-law had commanded her. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was merry, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. Then she came softly and uncovered his feet and lie down. At midnight, the man was startled and turned over. And behold, a woman lay at his feet. <laughs> Come on, that's a little funny, right? You're, you're just, just he, he's, he's already thinking, like, how much did I have to drink and what did I do? No one can relate. I, I understand that. Um, but he, it, it, it startled him. Now, don't, don't, don't fall into um, the, the, the idea that, that some uh, people try to impose that this was a sexual act that took place. This is not anything sexual that has taken place up to this point here. Um, this is a, a custom that w was observed of the, you know, the, the people there um, of uncovering the feet. And, and as she's going to say, uh, spread your, your, your wings or spread your cloak over me in here in a second. He said, who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. And he said, may you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first, and that you have not gone after young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. 
I will do for you all that you ask, for my, all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. And now it is true that I am a redeemer, yet there is a redeemer nearer than I. Remain tonight and in the morning, if he will redeem you, good, let him do it. But if he is not willing to redeem you, then as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until the morning. All right, so let's kind of uh, paint this picture here. Remember um, where, where we're at. Uh, Ruth is, uh, has come back from, uh, from Moab uh, with his, her mother-in-law, uh, Naomi. And they, they come back um, after a famine that was in the land. They come back from Moab after uh, all three husbands died. Naomi's husband and then uh, Ophrah and Ruth's husband after they have died. Now, the, the, these two ladies, they come back because they hear that the God has provided in, in Bethlehem. He's provided uh, for his, his people. So they, they come back to where they're from, well, where Naomi's from. And, and it says that, that in chapter 2, we talked about how she, uh, uh, Ruth went out and she worked hard and she was noticed by, uh, by Boaz. Uh, it, it says that as she came back, uh, her, her mother-in-law noticed uh, um, the food in which she brought back and she explained to her uh, where where she was and what, what, what happened of that day. So where we're at here in chapter three is that uh, Naomi is saying, okay, here's what you need to do now. She says, um, now they're, they're going to be winnowing uh, up on the threshing floor. And, and for the, those of you who don't know who, what winnowing is, it, it, it's the, the, all the, um, the, 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 uh, the, uh, the crop, the, the, the barley is all, all over the wheat or whatever it is they're winnowing at the time. Uh, it's all over the place. And they, they stomp it or they tread it out with, with oxen. Um, but uh, they, they break up the, 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 the chaff from uh, the, the grain. And then they take the, uh, uh, like a pitchfork kind of looking thing and they take and they throw it up in the air. And when they throw it up in the air, the wind blows and it blows away the chaff and the, the grain falls to the ground. So that, that's basically what's going on there. So they're, they're doing some work here. Um, and it's, it was a, a, a custom that as they, they did this, that there would be a feast. They were, they're celebrating the, the, the harvest here. So, um, and I don't know where you fall in the, the sense of, uh, um, you know, alcohol and all this other stuff, and I really don't care at this point. What we know is that, 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 that um, Naomi says to uh, Ruth, don't go and make yourself known until they've eaten and they've drunk and they're merry. So until they, they've, they've done their thing and they're, they're, they've done working, they've done celebrating, they're, in, uh, they're down for the night. That's when you're going to make yourself known. That's when uh, Ruth goes and uncovers um, the feet of, of Bo Boaz. And Boaz, you know, wakes up in the middle of the night and says, Shazam, there's a woman, right? What, what, what TV show is that from? Gomer Pyle. Gomer Pyle. Thank you. All right. <laughs> so she, he, he sees that there's this woman here. And, and, and what, what I want us to focus on here is not all of the things that, 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 that took place um, uh, during this time, his instructions. What I want um, uh, to, to focus on is the reason why Ruth was there and the importance of why Ruth was there. Because I, I think it's important for us to understand that Ruth was operating, was acting out of purpose and not preference. How can I say that? 
I can say that emphatically because Ruth was a Moabite. If you haven't figured out up until this point, um, read back through those first couple chapters and keep on reading. When um, uh, Ruth is identified, it talks about her being a Moabite. In some um, instances, there's no really rhyme or reasons to say that she's a Moabite, but the, the author made it, um, thought it was necessary to put in, she's a Moabite. So why is that important? It is important to understand some little, uh, uh, some historical context. Her being a, a, a Moabite, um, if you want to do your own Bible study on your, on your own here later, because um, you're dying to know what, 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 where this comes from, in Deuteronomy chapter 23, it talks about um, that an Ammonite or a Moabite should not be uh, permitted in the assembly uh, of the Lord. Should, there, there, was a, um, uh, there was, let's say, bad blood between uh, Moab and Israel. Uh, another awesome story, one of my favorites, if you want to read about uh, Balak and, and how he wanted to curse uh, Israel, and he hires Balaam, uh, Balaam to cur- end up cursing Israel, and Balaam's traveling on his donkey, and his donkey talks to him. Uh, that was like one of the, the solidifying stories in the Bible that uh, brought me to ministry when the donkey talks. <laughs> Come on now, right? I figure if a donkey can talk... I can do the same thing. Um, anywho, Numbers 25 through, or chapter, 20, or chapter 22, sorry, 22 through 25, that's another great story. But anyways, um, what, what I'm getting at here is the ancient readers of Ruth, as they're reading this, the intended audience here would have been familiar with this, the negative picture um, of the Moabites. Uh, and, and towards the Israelites, or the Israelites towards the Moabites, um, and, and how the, the, the exclusion uh, from the community was, was a true thing. So the, this, um, this, this status that, 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 uh, that Ruth had as a Moabite, um, it, it affected her situation. It was a problem, all right? So if we look at this, well, what, what could have happened? She could have been banned from there. She could have been thrown out. She could have been, that uh, Boaz didn't have to do anything. But what we can see here is what her, her mother-in-law said, here, here's what I want you to do. Because he, she identified at the end of chapter 2 here that he is, Boaz is a redeemer. And this is what you need to do. Go wash, anoint yourself with oil, get all gussied up, right? And you're going to go present yourself. She had purpose in what it is that she was doing. Her preference would have been, ah, that sounds like it would be difficult. Um, that, that's going to put me in an awkward position. I'm going to go and cover his feet in the middle of the night. That kind of sounds weird. But, 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 pre, but, but purpose took hold and in, 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 um, Ruth acted out of that purpose instead of falling back on the preference and saying, no, nah, I can't do it. So what, what I want us to highlight here is when, when things are difficult, if we're, if we're living in preference, we may not do what it is that God wants us to do. If Ruth was operating out of preference, we would, we, would never, uh, we would never read about her in the lineage of David. We're going to see here in a couple weeks the, the importance of this Moabite in the lineage, not only of David, but some of you all know that in the lineage of Christ. Because this Moabite... So, so Boaz, uh, and not, not to, to spoil anything, but at, at the end it, it says that um, uh, 
Boaz fathered Obed, and Obed fathered Jesse, and Jesse fathered David. This lineage here, Moab, or, uh, uh, Ruth, a Moabite, was an important piece in this puzzle. Was, a poor, was an important individual in, in the lineage of Christ. Why is she so important? How is she so important? Is because she operated out of purpose and not just preference. Now, as we say that, we're like, okay, I got it. It'll be difficult, but I don't know if I could do it. You know, some of those situations in which I come in in contact with, you know, I, I default to preference because it's just hard. Well, I'm glad you, you say that and you're thinking that because this is what I have next on my notes here. Jesus acted out of purpose and not preference. Turn with me to Luke chapter 22. In Luke chapter 22, we see um, Jesus on, on the night in which he was betrayed, the night in which he was arrested. Look at verse uh, 42, primarily, because it, it says, that, well, 39 through 46, it gives the, the, the encounter of after, uh, you know, they, they, they did the Lord's Supper and everything. They went out to the Mount of Olives to, to pray. And it says, I'll just start in 39. It says, and he came out and went as his custom to the mountain or the Mount of Olives and the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed saying, this is the important part here, father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. So why do I say that Jesus acted out of purpose? In this time, we see that Jesus was facing, he knew what it is that he was going to be facing here. Some will say, well, yeah, he was facing death. No, many people have faced death and not sweated blood. What Jesus knew that he was going to be facing was something that you and I as brothers and sisters in Christ will never have to face, and that is the wrath of God. He was going to face a time where it says that, that where he's going to cry out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's going to, to face a time of being separated from the Father. This is something that, that, that is so agonizing that if you read on, it says that his sweat turned to drops of blood. But Jesus, in the face of, of this, says these, those, these famous words, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. He didn't default and say, my preference is I don't go to the cross. He said, you know what? I don't like this. This is going to, this is going to, and this is my interpretation, so forgive me. This is going to suck, right? But it's not what I want, Father. It's what you want. He says that this was the purpose in which he came from or came, come to do. So when we look at this and we say whatever situation that we're facing in our lives, I can't operate in purpose. I got to default to preference. There's nothing that you're going to face that Jesus hasn't faced more. He says that we can sympathize or he can sympathize with us in everything. He's been there. So understanding that when we say, yeah, I got to do it, you can do it. Remember Rob Schneider, the great theologian? You can do it, right? How, how can you do it? Come on, now I know every time you guys go, what was that, water boy, right? 
The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that dwells inside of us as believers in Christ. So you can do it. You can face life and act out of purpose and not preference. So some of you are asking this question. What is my purpose in my walk with Christ? I want to act out of purpose and not preference. What is my purpose? I'll tell you what it is not first. Your purpose in your walk with Christ, your, your purpose and way in which you should act is not to get out of hell. Your purpose in life as a believer in Jesus Christ is not to get out of hell. Now, as a believer in Christ, is that a, a reality? Absolutely. But your sole purpose, the reason in which you are here is not so when you die, you don't go to hell. That's not your purpose. Your purpose is so much greater than your self-centeredness. I, and, I, and I say that not to, to diminish the, the awesomeness and the glory which we're, we're going to uh, uh, encounter when we're in heaven. I, I, I say that because what happens too often is we think that we've arrived. Well, I, I got my get out of hell free card. I'm good. Peace out. I ain't got to do nothing else. That's not why God still has breath in your lungs. He has a greater purpose for you. I, and and, I, and I, I look at this and, and I say, okay, all right, we can hear that. All right, I, I, I get it. It's, it's beyond me. God has greater purpose for me. What is it? Well, before we get to that, I think that we need to understand that our purpose has to be rooted in God's purpose. Because if our purpose is not rooted in God's purpose, we're going to get whacked. We're going to get jacked. We're going to get whatever other act I can think of, right? It's not going to go well. Because remember, what was Jesus' words? Not my will, but thy will. Just kicked out some King James. There, there you go, Dad. Understand that our purpose has to be rooted in God's purpose. I get it, Lee. Move on. All right. Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to show you what God's purpose is. Because some people say, well, I don't know what God's purpose is for me. And I don't know what God wants me to do. And I don't... Okay, we can't really know what God wants. Okay, if you say that, I'm here to blow your mind. You ready to have one of those poof moments? If you're like, well, I don't, we can't really know. We can... I'm telling you, we can know clearly what God's will is. What God's purpose is. Look at look with me at Ephesians chapter one verse. I'm going to start in verse three. It said, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places." I'm not going to preach on that because I think it preaches for itself. There, as a believer in Christ, God has blessed you with more than you can even imagine. Quit moping around. 
Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption as sons through, G- through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. Pause. I'm not, again, another sermon all in itself. That God chose you before you chose him. Good thing, right? Because after you were born, he probably wouldn't have chose you. It was a joke. Come on now, right? To the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. I love that word, lavished. We don't use that, but that's something that spread it on thick. Like I did with the, the, the cream cheese this morning with the bagel. I spread it on thick, right? It was not a cheat day, but it was only half. They said a third of the calories, so all right. Um, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will. What does that just say? Making what? Making, oh my goodness, wait a second. He's going to tell us what? Oh, hold on. Making known to us the mystery of his will. According to his purpose, wow, okay, will, his will, his purpose, I'm excited, I can't wait, which he set forth in Christ, okay, so not only is he revealing his, his will and his, uh, according to his purpose, he's given us the vehicle in which um, the, the, this is coming, uh, coming to us by, he says, he set, which he set forth in Christ as a plan, our type A'ers love this, as a plan for the fullness of time, are you ready? To unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. God's purpose, God's plan is to unite all things in him. Him being Jesus. Absolutely. It says that right there, which he set forth in Christ. To unite all things in him. Things on heaven and things on earth. So for us to to say, okay, what is my purpose? Your purpose has to be rooted and grounded in uniting all things in Christ. Uh, One of my favorite books, or my favorite uh, book of the Bible is Colossians 1. And in Colossians chapter 1, it says that that everything is held together by Christ, is for Christ, is through Christ. It's all for him. Understanding here, when we look at this, that um, when we ask the question, what is my purpose with my walk with Christ, is understanding that, 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 that the Father, God the Father, is, is said, I want to unite all things. And that means all people together in Christ. That is not a universalist approach, like everybody's going to heaven. No, there's a process. There's something that has to take place for somebody to go to heaven. But it's God's purpose for us what does Jesus say in Matthew 28? Go and what? Make disciples. Teach them to observe all that I've commanded you. He says that it's our, our job, our purpose to execute God's will, God's purpose for all things. And so when we're looking at this and we say, okay, so it's my purpose to essentially execute God's purpose here on earth. It is up to you and me to execute the purpose of God. Can God write in the sky, I am real, believe in me? Absolutely he can do that. Why does he not? I don't know. 
He has this crazy sense of humor and is going to use weird people like me and Bobby and Ogre and some of the rest in here that I won't pick on to spread his good news. And he's going to use us to accomplish his purpose. So when we're looking at this, we're like, okay, so my purpose is lining up with his. And I love to answer this question now. So, what should our purpose be? Turn to 1 John chapter 4. You knew I was going to get there. How are we to unite all things in him? How's God going to unite all things in him? Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that God, that, that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us. And his love is perfected in us. And we're thinking, oh my goodness, so my purpose is the love. But you don't understand the people in my life. I'm glad you said that, or you're thinking that. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. So you can love like Christ love, like God loves, because you have the power to do that. This Holy Spirit of God lives inside, dwells inside of the believers to help you because outside of you, uh, loving some of those people in your life is impossible. But what is, what is impossible with man is possible with God. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him and He in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. I love that. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God and God in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. Our purpose, as corny as it sounds to some people, is to love. The, the, the world, and, and I, I heard, I think, I think it was Tony Evans that said this, that the, the, the world will always outdo the church in every aspect except one, and that's love. 
So what am, I, what, is, what am I supposed to, how am I supposed to act in purpose and not preference? My purpose is to, to love. Now, love doesn't mean that we turn over and show our bellies to everything. Love is speaking the truth, and it's speaking the truth in love. It's telling someone that, 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 that okay, here, here, here's the deal. That this, is, this is wrong, and, and this is what, what, what God says is, is right. That's a loving gesture. Now, don't be a jerk about it. And some, some people say, well, she just needs tough love. <laughs> okay, I get it. Some people do need tough love, but you're a jerk, and that's not tough love, right? So, so understand truth and love, but it, it is our purpose, and the, what we should operate out of is love. First, love for God. Shannon and I just had this conversation, uh, was it yesterday we were driving down the highway, or the day before, I don't know. We were talking about... Um, uh, our love for one another. I, I, it's not mushy. Don't, don't, don't think that. I mean, we're just talking about our, our love for one another, and we were talking about how our love for God, and, and we both agree that I, I love you, but I love God more, and my love for God makes my love for you all the more genuine and all the more real. Because if I'm loving God and, and, and I'm, I'm focusing on Him, I'm going to be the husband in which I need to be. And she said she's going to be the wife in which she needs to be. So it, it all comes together. Love God, love people, absolutely. And here, you can't love God and not love people. You can't do it. Why? Because it says it. It's what, what, what God says. So loving God and loving people is a purposed action. It's something that we have to set our minds to. And when we do that, you better believe you're going to be looked at differently. Probably going to be looked at, woohoo, look at that weirdo. Just let's get this out of the way. You're, you're, you definitely are weird, some more than others. But except when we do, except the fact that when we do what it is that God says for us to do, and what the, 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 what Christ commands us to do, the world will, in fact, look at us different because we're alien in this world. This ain't our home. Our home awaits us.